Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today is a pretty special episode as I have the TikTok celebrity, Joe Bartlett, the home buyer coach. Now, Joe's amassed 55,000 followers on TikTok, 30,000 followers on Instagram, and he creates really high quality videos about mortgages that, that people have just loved over the last 18 months. It gives tips and tricks on how to negotiate with estate agents and vendors, mixes that in with a bit of humor, and his content has taken his business to the next level. So much so that now he does less mortgage advice, but generates more leads than he ever has done before. And he has a team of trusted mortgage advisors that he does refer some of the business out to. But we had a little chat before this started and Joe's saying that he still loves giving mortgage advice. So I don't think he could ever, ever give that up. Alongside running the business, he's got an app, he's got a journal and he's, he's launched a complete new brand. I'm gonna talk about these things that he's created in this, this next half an hour, 45 minutes. I am honestly, and it's not just because Joe's here, I'm in awe of what he's done in the last 18 months. There's so much stuff we're going to cover today. It's going to be massively social media centric. So if you want to win on social media, take a listen to that. Take a listen here really more than anything. Right, I'm going to stop there and let Joe take himself over on the podcast and tell everyone how he's done it. So welcome, Joe. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Busy day so far? It has been a busy day. Yeah, two o'clock already. I don't know where the day's gone, to be honest. We were actually, before we before the podcast started, we were talking about his normal day, and we'll talk about that in a bit. It's just interesting because as soon as he gets to the office, most of us put the kettle on, but he records a TikTok video. So we'll get into that in a bit. But what I wanted to start with is kind of your background. Where, where did you start in mortgage advice and how has it got you to where you are today? Okay, so I started in mortgage advice what we'll we'll go go a bit before that so um i started in the industry in the property industry in i think it was 2007 2008 Mm -hmm. and that was um i was working in tesco at the time and my sister um was working in a lettings agent at the time and she um i think she had pretty much all the staff off you know ill or whatever and she asked if i could kind of come in and help and um yeah, came in, did, did a few viewings, uh, let a few properties and really liked it. I love the kind of customer engagement. It was a little bit different to kind of stacking shelves. So, um, yeah, managed to, to get a job there instead. Um, and a bit of a kind of shout out to the guy that really got me into mortgages, a guy called Chris Newton. And he, it was, a, it was part of the kind of countrywide branding at the time, back in 2000, yeah, 2008, 2009. So... In the office, we had the letting section, we had the estate agent section, and then there was like a little booth where the mortgage broker used to sit in the um, yeah in, in the estate agent's bit. And so we'd all be there on the phones, you know, buzzing, office was going mad. And then 10, 10.30, kind of stroll in the office with this kind of Costa, sit in the office, head down, worked right through, right through the day. And I was just in awe of the kind of way that he worked and the way that he dealt with clients when they came in, you know, just the level of respect that he had by everyone that worked with him. And so I, um, yeah, made the decision to kind of ask for his assistance and speak to his boss and see if they had any positions going, which they didn't at the time. But, you know, I kept kept going and eventually got a, yeah, an offer, offer of a job. 
Oh, right. And then that was that was 2007, 2008. Yeah, I mean, I, by the time I actually did it, because I went, I did lettings first, then I did a state agency for a couple of years. And then that's where I really kind of got interested in the mortgage side of things. So yeah, probably wouldn't have been that early. Um, maybe 2010, 2011. Do you think being in that property industry stood you in good stead for being a mortgage broker? Definitely. I'm yeah. so glad that I did lettings. I'm really glad that I did a state agency. You know, it really helped with just the background knowledge of kind of buy to lets for, for landlords, for letting, um, you know, being able to give advice on what the kind of, you know, rental income should be in comparison with what they've been sold or what they think. Um, and then, yeah, the estate agency side of things is just a no brainer. You know, it really helps just understanding the process of buying a home. And in fairness, the estate agency side has helped me now with the home buyer coach thing because it's not just about the mortgage you know it's about the whole kind of process which I feel because of my experience I've got you know good knowledge in great great way to segment into this because the next question was going to be you became a mortgage broker when did you actually launch the home buyer coach branding okay so the home buyer coach branding was launched during the first lockdown um quite new then. yeah yeah fairly new yeah fairly new it was um just wanted to try something a little bit different. You know, I'd seen people, um, you know, set up their own kind of personal branding and I really wanted to do that. I had a, an interest in graphic design and things anyway. I used to study that. So, you know, I really wanted to kind of push my own thing and not be part of the whole kind of corporate um, world and just do my, yeah, do my own, own thing on things. It's interesting that you spoke about um, the, gen what was the gentleman's name, sorry? That oh, Chris Newton. Chris yeah. You spoke about Chris Newton, and it's interesting that you said, yeah, he sat down, he got his head down, and he didn't speak to anyone, you just got on with it. But yeah. the one thing that shone out for you was the way that he treated his clients and how he interacted. Now, your website, I've had a little look through your website, and you say that your philosophies are so much more than just choosing a mortgage. You want to offer the, the full service. Is it more about the personal element for you rather than just picking the mortgage for somebody then? Yeah, I think so. I think it's such a daunting experience buying your first house. And I think you're, you're kind of expected to um, to know pretty much everything. You know, yeah. you book a viewing on the phone, you speak to an estate agent, you view in a house, and then especially in this market, you're expected to make an offer and then go ahead with it. So, yeah, my philosophy is, is you know, right from the beginning, right from the saving aspect up to budgeting, up to, you know, eventually getting the mortgage advice and then moving in. So I, I do start with my clients a lot earlier in the process, which does have its pros and cons from a business view. Um, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. What are the pros and cons then of stuff? Because you're obviously huge on TikTok and we'll get onto social media in a bit. The average age of a TikTok user is more than likely somebody that isn't going to be buying a house today, is it? Very true. Yeah. And that, that is one of the cons. So a lot of the kind of... Um, leads that I get in from the social media, from the TikTok, from Instagram reels is people that are very early on in the process, you know, potentially haven't even thought about buying a house. Um, so it's then about planning their journey, which, you know, one of the cons is how, how long it can take without actually bringing in an income into the business because it's purely just helping people from start to finish. But I really do believe that, that builds a lot of trust in the brand. You know, they really appreciate the help and guidance that you do give them. Um, yeah. yeah but from You can see your content. Um, you spoke about Instagram Reels there. So anybody that hasn't been on Instagram, Instagram Reels is essentially a TikTok for Instagram. So it's all about videos, big on the video front. But... 
it's great that your branding is all around helping people. That's all you're there to do. It's in the name, isn't it? You're a coach. Now, you've created some bespoke specialist products to help people with that, haven't you? So first thing we'll talk about is the home buyer's plan. What is that? How do people get their hands on it? And how has it benefited your business? Okay, so yeah, the home buyer's plan is still fairly new. Um, and it's when you get in this kind of level of leads coming in, it really highlights a lot of gaps in the market and things that people need but don't necessarily have access to. So the home buyer's plan is basically a tailored plan. So there's lots of kind of first-time buyer guides that you can download, but the, the home buyer's plan is it's the client fills out a fact form, um, fills out a budget planner, provides a copy of their credit report, and then I go back to them with a tailored affordability check to see how much they can afford to buy up to. I look at their local area and see how much house prices are going for, to so see how much they can, um, you know, what, what type of property they can buy depending on their, their, their income. Look at the credit report and see if there's any kind of gaps or any improvements that can be made, you know, any tips and tricks that in six months time, if they follow this kind of procedure, they can help themselves. So yeah, it's a, a real, really kind of tailored, tailored plan. And, you know, because of the amount of time I have to put into each one, I probably lose money on them, but it, um, it really does set them up on a proper course to, to buy their first house. And then, you know, the, once they've got that, it's very unlikely that they're going to be going anywhere else because they trust in the in the process and what we That's really interesting. That's such a nice thing to do, to build that plan, but then go out there and say, right, this is what you could buy in the local area. Yeah, yeah. As, as many people commented on that. Yeah, the feedback's generally been very, very good. Um, like I said, it's not been one of those things that I've necessarily pushed, but it's when I do get an inquiry, I can tell whether or not it'll be, it'll be suitable for that kind of person. So then I kind of send back, oh, by the way, we've got this, um, which I think will be perfect for you. And, th and they get like £100 off the broker fee anyway. So they, you know, they make money on it eventually. You know, it's not like, um, you know, it's, uh, I think I've got the pricing at £39, but then they get £100 off the fee when they do eventually move anyway. Wow. I'd find that really useful, especially it'd be great to speak to somebody that is in a position like yourself where they know the market and, and then to guide me and use the word coach me, coach me through the house buying process. It's a, that's a great thing to do. You obviously have, you have the app as well and you have the journal. Can you talk us through those two different products? Cause you offer a lot of things for people. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I find it difficult to sit still. So I do like okay. to be constantly like looking for different things and different ways to like, you know, help help new buyers. And um, yeah, the app, I got introduced to a company or a company reached out to me called Multiply and they have a really good um, proposition for a lifetime ISA, which I think is, um, you know, essential for any kind of first time buyer. And we got talking, we did a we did a six part series about the whole kind of home buying process, which was really good. Um, and then they came back to me afterwards and said, you know, do you want to kind of be, be part of the app that we've got? And yeah, it's just a really good way of clients being able to see really like what they can borrow, um, track their progress, track their savings, you know, on their phone. It's just, uh, yeah, very convenient. So can they can they track the process? They've applied for a mortgage with you. Can they track the process of your mortgage go, their mortgage going? Through? No, it's it's purely kind of pre mortgage application. So they can they can link link it to their kind of bank account, and um, you know it will it will kind of track the expenditure directly from the bank account, and you can just yeah save and budget, and it's all to do with the kind of 
stages prior to buying. You did talking to you for the last kind of 10 minutes. I've got the impression that for you, it's all about helping people as much as possible before they get to the stage of applying for the mortgage. Yeah. It's all about giving them as much information as possible using the, the, the app and the home buyer's plan. What does then the journal do for people? So you've got the journal as well. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of my um, graphic design experience. I previously, I love kind of designing things and making things. And um, I was looking at, I think it was something else on Facebook, maybe that I'd seen. Um, I think it was like a first time buyer's guide, but I had a little section in the back of the guide where you could kind of put some notes in and just jot down your viewings and things. And I thought, do you know what? That's a really good idea. If I could kind of expand on that and make a journal just so they can follow the process, put in the dates that they made the offer, put in, you know, the contact details for the viewings and for the, you know, solicitors and details of the property. They can like rate it from one to five if they liked it. And, you know, just just something that they could kind of carry around with them. There's a bit of a log, you know, their, their journey, their buying journey. Um, Exciting as well, isn't it? Imagine looking back on that in 20 years and saying, this was the first. Yeah, remember, yeah exactly. Yeah, it'll go in the kind of memory box, won't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Your property date, you should have a little slip at the back for property details when you finish with That's a good idea. Yeah. Is it a physical journal or is it an Yeah, so, so there's there's two that they, they can get. They can get the um the physical one, which is like a really nice kind of A5 ring bound journal. And I, you know, I think it looks really good. The finish is good. I've got kind of local printers that have um produced them all for me. And yeah, I'm chuffed to bits with them. Really, really, really yeah, really happy with them. Just um, need I think to be sorry, carry on. I think we've um sold probably a 600 700 of them now since they've been out so you know qu quite a few and the, again the feedback's been been really good um so yeah yeah really chuffed with the journals i like the way that your business doesn't just rely on one part the social media obviously the social media does very well but then you offer so many different things that not only help you grow your business but help grow help the people buy houses that that brochure, sorry, that um, journal could be on a coffee table in somebody's house, and it's a yeah. great talking point. Or yeah. if you're on a viewing, imagine a state agent saying, "Oh, I've seen somebody with one of those before." Yeah, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I assume it's all branded up in your. It is, yeah, and that, that's again one of the reasons why I did it because it's basically, um, you know, on on some of the pages, it's got, "Oh, congratulations! You know, you've saved your deposit. Now you need to kind of get in contact, back in contact with us to book your appointment to get the agreement and principle done." So it's, you know, it really does follow a process of getting them back involved with us again. So it's not just a case that they buy the journal and then you know I'd never ne never hear from them again. It's a uh, all part of the kind of process to keep everything kind of in house here. Love it. Love it. Right. So we're going to get onto social media now, because this is the one everyone wants to hear about and hear how you've got 55,000 followers on TikTok. I mean, how do you feel about that? Oh, I, yeah, it's, it's crazy, really, to think about it. You know, it's like when, you, when the day you first do a TikTok, you don't really think about the kind of potential positive consequences of doing it. But yeah, looking back, it's um, yeah, mind blowing, really. Love it. So where did you start with social media then? Because you obviously didn't go straight onto TikTok. What channels did you do? No, so um, I think the first social media post I did was when I was working for a company called Trinity Mortgages based in Plymouth. And um, it was, um, you know, we were just do doing things to try and build up the business, um, you know, the, the levels of leads coming in. Um, and I really liked it, really liked designing it. You know, it got me a chance to use Photoshop again, which I hadn't used in years. And um, yeah, and then ever since I first did that I got an itch for it then so it became like a weekly or you know every other day kind of thing mm -hmm. and yeah since I've 
done the home by coach side of things it's become you know it's gone tenfold then since then the social media side of things so you started on was this facebook that you used to post yeah facebook facebook was the, the first thing yeah it was just kind of like the the done thing you know like yeah. everyone has like a linkedin page but in all fairness i didn't really do too much with that mm -hmm. it was all all facebook yeah, it's, it's that verification, isn't it? If somebody searches for you, they want to make sure, especially during this day and age where, unfortunately, businesses are closing down. Yeah. If somebody searches you on Facebook and you haven't posted for six months, they could think that you're not actually trading. So it's about being consistent on those platforms, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. As you know, we I speak a lot about brand and a lot about colours, and it's great. I didn't realise you had a graphic design backward the back like background. Did you do it at uni? Did you? Or was it just yeah? I went to went to art college um, after after school, and yeah, really really liked it. It was um, yeah, I do do miss miss it quite a lot. So it's so good that I can do it now. You know, on a day to day basis alongside and know, the celebrity else. as well, and recording videos. That's what <laughs> how how important do you find brand on social media, or is it important at all to you? hugely yeah it's hugely important um I, th I think but it's a combination of having the brand and having the face there too you know it's um it's not just the the yellow and black that people say it's the um, you know the the mug that comes along with it you know <laughs> i was actually i was being interviewed in a podcast earlier and we were talking about how important it is to have a mix you've got to have your polished content you've got to have your really smart marketing looks like you've got this in-house marketing team but they want to see your face as well because without the face you're just a you're another faceless company unfortunately absolutely absolutely and we were speaking you 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 haven't been able to put more as many videos out with your face on it the last couple of weeks have you and then you found you put one out today and it's just exploded yeah i mean i had um yeah i had covid the last couple of weeks which you know I've, i haven't been as bad as other people but it has affected me being able to do videos because I just haven't had the energy to really do anything um and you do notice it you know you put out your kind of faceless content you know your kind of everyday mortgage related um funny meme related stuff and it gets the likes it gets the comments but it doesn't really generate business as such mm -hmm. so um yeah getting back to the videos today is um yeah it's a great thing what would you say to somebody that has that fear of doing videos? Well, I had the fear. And to be honest, I still do get the fear when I do it sometimes. Um, you just kind of have to put it at the back of your mind and just go for it. You know, just just do it. I think the, the essential thing, though, is planning and research. So I think if you look at what other people are you know doing in different kind of industries, have a look at what works, see what's trending. And if it's... Um, you know, if, if, if they've worked, chances are your, your one will work too. So it's all about doing research and planning your content properly. What you said there that's really interesting that I think everybody's going to take away from this podcast. You, How many videos do you do a week? I try to do between three and five. Right. So you do, say if you do four videos on average per week, yeah. uh, you've, you've been doing it for so long, 18 months now, 55,000 people follow you and watch them. And you're still afraid of doing them. You still have yeah. a fear of doing them. Yeah, definitely. Somebody that's doing their first video, they think they should be ultra confident. No, it's it's not at all. Nobody, unless you you love your own face, it, it's hard to it's hard to do, and it's hard to listen to your voice back. But somebody like yourself that's doing them over and over again is still afraid of doing them. Yeah, it, it shouldn't stop anybody else. It just it's great to see behind the scenes of what you do and and how you still have the same feelings as everybody else. Yeah, definitely. I'd say the biggest thing with that is it's all about consistency. There will be things there that don't work 
and don't you know beat yourself out up about it there's things that i put out and i think oh this one's going to be doing really well it's going to go viral definitely and then it gets like you know 30 views and you think oh god that wasn't so good was it <laughs> um so you've got to not beat yourself up and then just look at the next video um it's all about consistency putting out as much content as you physically can um yeah and not not beating yourself too much about it when things don't work out and you've got the consistency where you do put the videos out, but from speaking before we started recording, you have a consistency of how you run your day to get the best results, don't you? Yeah. So can you give us a rundown of your daily, well, a day, an hour by hour kind of assessment of your day? Yeah, fine. So first thing I do is I get in the office and make a TikTok video. So I'll sit down for probably 10 minutes or so, look at what's trending, look at what other people are doing, look at, look at what's working. And a lot of mine, probably most of mine, are kind of humorous videos. So I, I think of ways to tr try and translate a humorous video into a kind of semi-funny, semi-educational video. Yeah. Okay, so those are the ones that generally tend to work best for me. And a perfect, sorry to jump in, a perfect example is I watched one just before I came on about um, that you've done an AIP for somebody at 250000 and they put an offer in at somewhere at two seven five. Yeah. And it's, it's like a Peter Griffin sketch, isn't it, from Family Guy? Exactly. exactly. It's, it's that type of things. And it's all about how the, the, the clients put an offer in 25 grand over what they can afford. And the mortgage broker is almost waiting for a call from the estate agent. And you've yeah. got to deliver the bad news. That's that's the type of videos you're speaking about, isn't it? It is. It's, it's the kind of things that people have you know, experience with, you know, people have been in that scenario before where they, you know, they got an AIP for 250, they see something at 275, so it can resonate with them. You know, they, they can yeah. put themselves in that situation. I think that's what works. You know, it's when people can, can connect to the content. Yeah. So but, yeah, sorry to jump in. So then after, after you've done a TikTok video, then you... Yeah, so after I've done a TikTok video, I put that out. I then convert it to make sure I can put it on other um, channels as well. So I put it on my Instagram channel. Um, one key thing with that is I think using the same content for various social media platforms can work not 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 all of them but i think tiktok and instagram do generally um work quite well together um and then it'll be a case of replying to comments i'll do other kind of general posts and look for things that i can maybe add to my story and then i'll deal with leads so i'll um you know it probably gets to around lunchtime now i'll look at the kind of leads that have come through and decide what is the best course of action for the leads that are coming in because on my website i've got quite a detailed um kind of capture form that they have to fill out to get in contact with me so i'll know exactly how long away they are from buying what their kind of credit history is like um so i'll know the best way to respond to them and it'll either be to pass it on to a broker i'll deal with it or maybe introduce them to something like the home buyers plan or the journal depending on where they are um and then yeah once i've done the dealt with the leads it's generally around five o'clock then and then same thing again tomorrow <laughs> the day after. might squeeze the odd mortgage appointment yeah in. squeeze it yeah but that yeah but that's after five o'clock pretty much every time isn't it <laughs> long well, hours you, you kind of you profile in every client at the contact stage so they're giving you any information you're saying right it's probably the home buyer's plan best for you because it's going to be six months before you start looking at buying. Absolutely. You're ready to buy right now. So I can, I can either look after that myself or I can introduce another broker. It, it's great. And that saves you so much time because you don't spend 20 minutes on the phone to them determining all that. They've done it themselves and put that information in. Has that been extremely useful for you? Oh, 100%. I remember... If you think about it, like the first time I did a TikTok video, the first video I did has got like 1.2 million views. 
Wow. So we've we've got me there, you know, broker with no kind of CRM system for dealing with this at all. It's just kind of like an Excel spreadsheet that's, you know, and then an influx of like hundreds of leads coming in. I didn't know what to do. So I needed to think of something quickly. Um, so I kind of had a half decent website that I designed on Wix. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I needed to add in a form to collect all the details that I need to be able to kind of prioritize. You know, yeah. And absolutely. It, you spoke about you do a TikTok video in the morning and then you reply to comments if somebody was to, to say to you, do I just put one post on social media and it'll happen? Or do you say to people, you need to be interacting with your community, you need to be contacting, you need to be commenting on people's posts or replying to comments? Yeah. So replying to comments really does build trust. You know, if, if people are following you, there needs to be, you know, things in it for them. So I think if you're replying to comments and people can see that they're more inclined to follow you than a load of questions that aren't being answered. So you do need to allocate time for doing that. And can that be done by an external company or is it best to do it yourself? You know what? I've not even looked into doing anything like that. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I was a little bit reluctant to kind of get other brokers involved as well, you know, because people are seeing my face because it's me, you know, giving the advice. I, I, didn't really want to let it go, if that makes sense, but I yeah. physically didn't have time to do it. So, yeah, I mean, potentially I could. It's just you have to be so careful about the things that you say on a reply to a comment on social media about mortgage advice, you know? It's, I think I think it's best for... I think it's great that you sit there and manually reply to comments because it it's your video, it's your voice, it's your message. Therefore, if you're replying to people and being social, which you should be on social media... I truly believe it should only be you. It's quite hard to get a company to do that for you and reply as you. Yeah. Then it removes that. It removes that authenticity, really. It does. It does. In terms of time management, it probably would be the way to go. But I, it's one of those things that I wouldn't want to lose. You, you can give up certain areas of the business, can't you? But things like that, I think you have to kind of think, yeah, well, I want to speak to people because I'm going to be the person dealing with them. Yeah, absolutely. So if we talk about TikTok, because there is this perceived idea, or there was at the first uh, lockdown, that it's all just about kind of a bit of silly dancing, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas you flipped it on your head and you're giving more informative content now, aren't you? What, what kind of things you talk about on there? Yeah, so it's, do you know, it's been amazing to see how much it's transformed and the type of things that you see, you know, because I've been doing it for a little while now. Um, I think the first one I put up was in... December year before last and yeah back then it was all dancey videos you had the odd kind of educational piece or whatever you know clever video but now it's almost 50 50 you see an awful lot more businesses on there You've, mm. because you know for a lot of people it has worked tremendously well um just because of the pure kind of organic reach of tiktok yeah. um so yeah my, my my content now is a combination you have to people have to be engaged in what you're doing. So it can't just all be educational videos because people, some people just don't care. You know, they yeah. really don't want to see it. But if there's an element of humor involved in it, if it's something that they can actually, that's, that's actually useful or funny, then, you know, more chance of being people engaging with it. So it's a combination it. of- Just that yeah. mix. You could, if it you can is. laugh, if you can make them laugh 10 times, then when you put something serious out, they might be more likely to listen because they're more familiar with your face, with your brand therefore that can then hopefully go go into leads yeah 
when you talked about research early and coming up with ideas, you obviously look through TikTok and see what's working, but where do you do your research other than TikTok for topics to speak about? Well, a lot of it is um, is kind of experience that you pick up in the day-to-day dealings with customers. You know, you look at what problems that they, they, they've come across. You look at lenders, you look at mortgage applications you've submitted and see what kind of issues you'd, you've had that will translate well with, you know, with social media so yeah just look inwards it doesn't always have to be kind of outsourced information just look at your day-to-day job and see what you can use for that you know it's the best place to start i know you do your educational videos with a bit of humor but have you ever thought of going say down the youtube channel route doing yeah definitely i mean serious kind of sit there and it's Right, this is a 20-minute video about the process. Do you see what long-form content? 100%. I'd love to do that. I just really don't have any knowledge of it whatsoever. Oh, you know, I didn't have any knowledge of TikTok, but the difference is it's a 15-second clip of me dancing around that kind of fool. So a YouTube video, I think when I look at YouTube videos and people that are doing it really, really well, it's a really polished video, you know, with really good intros and music and lighting and... As much as I'd love to do it, I wouldn't want to, you know, give it a disservice. Really, I'd like to. I'd like to learn how to do it properly, though. Definitely. It's interesting because in in an age where we want quick information and we want the 10, 20 second videos, long form videos, YouTube videos are becoming more and more popular. Hmm. In a world where we want to really consume content very quickly, it seems as if people are more comfortable, and it's probably smart TVs to sit there and watch a YouTube video for 20, 30 yeah. minutes of a netflix video definitely i think um it's it's going to be next it's what i'm going to be looking at next for sure yeah i mean i've got bought a new camera the other day solely for the purpose of doing it so i so I've got no go. excuse you're accountable now to all the listeners so youtube I am. yeah so watch this space i'd like <laughs> you not to release this podcast for six months at least so chris if that's all right just <laughs> give me a bit of time mate all right <laughs> so we spoke about tiktok spoke about instagram um, and, and touched on facebook what would you say is your pop most popular platform for you your favorite one i mean because of how it started it has to be tiktok really you know it's not not as powerful as it was initially but it's still really really good um instagram reels i love and purely because you can just put more copy and you can put more type in the in the instagram reels so i i can elaborate a little bit more into the kind of educational side you know the reasons behind why i'm doing the video and yeah um so I do really like uh, Instagram Reels and TikTok. Those are the top two. Those are the two. And what's your views on Facebook? I mean, it started on Facebook with, you know, the, the little posts. But I think just because of the pure organic following that I've received from Instagram and TikTok, it's kind of taken a back seat. So what I'll do is I'll do an Instagram post and I'll just put um, put to Facebook as well, you know, and so it'll be the same thing going across onto that. But, yeah, I, I should probably be doing more more on on Facebook too, definitely. You can't be everywhere. This is the thing, isn't it? You dominated on TikTok and found a very good niche. So you're going to spend more time there because it's more lucrative than you would on Facebook, but you're not completely abandoning Facebook. You're still posting to it. So if it turned around tonight and Facebook launched something to rival TikTok and it took off, you've still got to stay on Facebook, haven't you? It's not got rid of it, got rid of it altogether. Absolutely. There's so many videos going about on social media and there's so many posts. 
how do you feel you stand out from the noise? Um, I think because I've been doing it a little while now, I, I kind of have worked out a little bit what works and what doesn't work so much. So I think it's just instant impact. Um, that's one of the reasons why I've chosen like yellow and black because it's quite impactful colors. You know, it, not everyone's got it. Um, so that helps, the branding helps. Um, but it is difficult to, to stand out. You know, and the, the thing is, at the end of the day, it's about mortgage advice. Mm-hmm. So not everyone cares. Um, mortgages are boring, aren't they? That's mortgages are boring, you know? So it's, it's never going to appeal to everybody, but you just got to do your best. And the biggest way to stand out is just consistency with your, with your posts. And putting your face out there as well, isn't it? Putting your face. Yeah, putting your face. Um, linking your, your branding with your, with your face is, is so important these days. Yeah. Awesome. So now we're going to move on to the strategy question, which I think I'll probably know the answer to this one, how you generate leads. But if you move to the north of Scotland, you've got a laptop, a mobile phone and an internet connection. What would you start to do to start generating brand new leads? I would set my tripod up. I'd get my little ring light or, you know, this light here. We haven't even talked about the ring light. That is a TikTok stars. I I know. Do you know what? I, I used it for probably two videos, but I didn't like it because I wear glasses. All you can see is two big rings in my eyes. So I ditched that after a week. Um, it just looked ridiculous. Like something of a Bee Gees music video. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it would just be to produce more content. It doesn't matter where I am. It's mm-hmm. very rare that the people that get in contact with me these days are within 100 miles of me. So, yeah, location really, luckily, doesn't impact it too much. Right. Yeah, or social media. To somebody new to the mortgage world just completely starting out would it be do exactly the same thing or do they have to build authority in a certain area first i mean with me it's it's, i've found a niche okay so mine is first time buyers you know so a new mortgage broker i really do think you need to find out what you're good at see what you like and don't overwhelm yourself too much with lots of leads that you know there's a reason why some of these big kind of corporate companies, your Connells, your Countrywides, produce such good mortgage brokers because of the kind of training systems they've got in place. Um, so I think that's the, the best place to really learn the business. Um, you know, essential training is is so important. But and, and then using the estate agents within them to generate the leads is probably a great place to start. It, it, if it's a slightly differently worded question to somebody that's done that and is starting up on their own to produce their own kind of self-generated leads, then I think video is the way forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you have to have to be producing videos, but you have to understand that they're not always going to be buyers that are ready to go. They're not always going to be people that have had their offer accepted, wanting your help at that exact moment in time. It is the long game. It is people that are just looking for generic information at the beginning. And it's people that you need to stay in contact to to be able to convert later down the line. Perfect analogy of this. I had um, a ben, ben Moore from EXP, who an estate agent, and, and he likened his content to a dartboard. Mm. Said, your bullseye are your people that are ready to, to act now, that want to buy. The people, and then you, further you move out, it might just be people that are thinking about moving in the next five years. But you've got to throw as many darts at the board as possible. And you're going to, you might have one on the outer ring, which is just a bit of informative content and some yeah. species that, but they'll get closer and closer to the bullseye as their mortgage is up for renewal or they're looking to buy. But you've got to throw as many darts at the board as possible 
to make sure you hit some of those people because you release one video about a first-time buyer, that's no use to a buy-to-let investor, but you've still got to put it out there to make sure that first-time buyers see that content. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, Yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah. You've got to make sure, so you're saying put put those posts out consistently and video is the way forward. And it don't is. ever have that fear because everybody has that fear. Definitely, yeah. But but also, I mean, I think about this. I think if it was um, different circumstances around the you know COVID situation that we had, the initial first lockdown, um, you don't need to necessarily focus all your time on social media. It, there's, there's other parts of the business if you perfect and you really do look after your existing clients and look for referrals and do things that way that's another really good way of um you know of of building the business up it doesn't have to be new fresh faced first time buyers or you know people on instagram there's there's so many different ways of building a successful mortgage business these days so don't feel disheartened if you don't want to do the video route yeah right i think that's the perfect way to sign off the podcast that was a an insight, a whirlwind insight into social media with Joe Bartlett. (laughs) It's great to see how you come up with the ideas, but it's also, I didn't realise on this podcast, I wanted to really get into social media, which we have done, but I didn't realise how many things you've got to help buyers before they even think about buying. Those journals and those, the home buyers plan and the app, it just, it adds so much value to people that, those people would almost feel embarrassed not to come back to you when they needed that business because, and I know that's not your, you don't do all this just to make sure they use your business. You do it to help them. Absolutely. I'd be thinking, well, he's given me so much help over the last yeah. six I don't want to go anywhere else. Well, just to touch on that quickly, I think a lot of people do, um, you know, they'll get an inquiry through and it'll be like, I'm not looking to buy for two years and it's just changing your mindset. A lot of people will just kind of dismiss it and look for a simple kind of one sentence response and, you know, good luck kind of thing. Um, you know, get back in contact when you're ready. So that's like, you know, what a 10% chance that they'll come back to you. But if you provide as much value as possible to that person mm-hmm. and you put that up to 75%, 80% chance they're coming back to you and you times that by that many people that are initially inquiring, it's really securing your future business. And it's very similar. To the, it's almost like an analogy with social media. You, you can't just put that one post out and expect business from it. You've got to nurture those clients over six months by giving them value with, with decent social media posts, haven't you? Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Mate, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. As a thank you, I donate £10 to a charity of your choice. Uh, so which charity do you want the donation to go to? I would like the donation to Mind Charity, please, right. Chris. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that. Very kind. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I hope people have got as much value from this as I have. Good. Thank you very much, Chris. Really appreciate it. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.